to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri and joined by one very sick but still alive, Dakota Lasky. Dak, how you feeling, bud? Dude, I this is the best day I've had in eight days, uh, and this is what I've been looking forward to for those eight days, so I'm really excited to talk some Metroid. Um, I can see clearly, think clearly, hopefully I sound okay, um, and yeah, happy to be uh, chilling with you guys. All right. Well, um, we weren't sure if Dak was going to kick out here and be able to record today, which is why this episode is coming to you a little bit later. So we recruited some backup. Mr. Elias Thompson, the founder of Metroid HQ. How are you? I'm good and super happy to be here as the backup. It's uh, I feel like it's a role I've been training for all my life. It's really what I aspired to be when I founded Metroid HQ back in the day. So I'm ready. You know what? Well, Andy you was trying a, to get rid of me. You make a good plan B. <laughs> oh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So we, we had some challenges before this episode got going. We're like, Dak was really sick. We didn't know if he was going to uh, be able to record. As soon as he's just like, okay, I can do this thing. Then the landscaper started behind me. So, like, <laughs> I apologize. If you hear if you hear chainsaws going on in the back of this recording, I'm really sorry. But uh, we, we went through all this silliness. We... We recruited Elias. Uh, we're on opposite sides of the Zelda fence, but by God, we're on the same <laughs> side of the Metroid fence here today. There's only one Metroid and, fence. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's not very long. Oh, God. Um, and we are going to uh, we're going to answer some Metroid questions for you guys. We asked you guys over yes. on Twitter to uh, to hit us with your Metroid questions, and we'll give you some Metroid answers. And we got a lot of really great questions. Uh, we're going to try and answer every one of them. In fact, the only reason that you might not hear your question answered is because we actually thought that it was uh, a cool enough question to do a whole show on. So, um, you know, other than that, we're going to get, we're going to dive into it. But before we get there, guys, uh, we should talk about a little piece of Metroid Prime 4 news that's been circling the internet. And uh, this comes from a interview that the series producer, Kensuke Tanabe, did. And uh, he was basically asked about the development and how Nintendo handles... Um, making games that are for experienced players, but also for new players. And he had this interesting quote to say, quote, First, Nintendo's philosophy on game creation is that we don't ignore casual game players in creating our games. This is also true for games such as those in the Metroid Prime series, games that at first glance look like they are only aimed at core gamers. With that in mind, what we've done in the Paper Mario series, blah, 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 the rest is about Paper Mario. But the important thing is what he said about Metroid Prime. Now... I want your guys' reaction to this, because the entire internet was ablaze with things like, they're making Metroid Prime 4 for casual players, what is going on? It's already on? casual. People, <laughs> it's already people casual. were losing their minds. Dak, I know that you were uh, pretty fired up about this. I'm not fired tell, up. I just tell us think, your thoughts. Yeah. I, I just thought it was so silly, because if you already play Metroid Prime, you already know that it's a casual FPS. Like, it's that's what the games are, other than Hunters, really. That's what they've always been. So, and that's, I mean, part of, you know, it's part of, like, making it a little more casual to appeal to that more exploration and not so hard-hitting and action-based. That's what Metroid Prime is. So, anyone reading this, this shouldn't have been news. This shouldn't have been new information. Uh, this is something that, as far as I know, I've known for a while and expected it. I mean, that's what the games are. Uh, and, I mean, everyone's kind of over it now, but people are getting riled up about it. I really didn't understand other than, you know, people just are kind of getting a little ahead of themselves. But I, I thought it was such a non-issue, and the headline makes it seem like, oh, we're casualizing Metroid Prime even more and all this stuff. That's not even what he said. Everybody knows that Nintendo games are made for everybody. That's every Nintendo game that's ever been made, ever. So uh, Metroid Prime and any Metroid game is no different. Um, yeah, this is a non-issue, and I'm glad that 
at least now it seems to be out of the news cycle. There you go. Elias, what are your, what's your two cents on this? Happy to bring this back into the news cycle. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I'm very much in, in agreement. Like it's, it's, there's nothing new here about, you know, Nintendo's philosophy. They, they try to make their games accessible, which is, you know, a smart thing to do. And if you look back at like the first Metroid Prime game, right? The, the, uh, the gold standard, so to speak, um, it's more accessible than you might remember. That hint system can get super annoying if you just aimlessly, if you leave it on, first of all, and then if you just aimlessly wander around with having no idea where to go for progression. Um, and so it'll just, you know, throw in your face and even show you on the map, like, hey, just go here if you want to keep going in the game, right? Um, yeah. And so it, I, I understand, like the like, the shift in memory, I guess, of not remembering that because eventually you play without the hint system and then the the people who play prime a lot these days like they're doing fancy things with old control schemes and it looks like a very kind of like core gamer hardcore gamer you know player kind of game but it's always it's always been accessible and i think that's all they mean by this (laughs) it's wild because i remember i was talking to a guy in the metroid database discord and he was losing his mind about this (laughs) and just like saying it's going to be dumbed down it's going to be basic and this is just my interpretation, but like when they say make it accessible for casual players, I'm thinking that maybe there's like a couple difficulty options or like, like you said, they have the hint system, which was already in Metroid Prime. I mean, I'm replaying Zero Mission right now and it's like, man, you see numerous Chozo statues that just basically tell you exactly where to go. Like it, it almost holds your hand. Like you play Metroid Fusion, Adam tells you exactly <laughs> where to go, what to do, is your objective clear? Like, Metroid isn't as hardcore as, as we kind of make it out to be. And I think that Metroid Prime 4 will follow the same thing. You could probably get through the story fairly easy. But if you want 100% items, you're going to have to do some cool stuff and some some more advanced gameplay. And I think that that's the perfect formula. I mean, like, kind of a weird example, but, like, Super Mario Odyssey is kind of like that. You know, you can get to the main story. There's a lot of, of easy... Um, what are they? Power stars in that game? Moon, I can't even moons or something. Moons. Power moons. moons. Yeah. So, like... There's some pretty easy power moons, but there's also some pretty insane ones in that game. So, like, I, I think that's kind of what they mean. But, yeah, I mean, this is all over the place. Um, you know, he didn't say Metroid Prime 4 specifically at all. And, and of course, yeah. Metroid Prime 4 is in yeah. the headlines everywhere. And I think that, uh, you know, kind of the the angry Nintendo gamer that has been, uh, you know, crying about Paper Mario since the days of the of the GameCube is maybe fueling this a little bit more than it, it probably deserves but uh, I'm glad that all, all three of us kind of agree on this and uh, you know it's it, I think it's much ado about nothing basically yeah so. oh, one final note though I wanted to say is that I think it's interesting that Nintendo player or Nintendo fans or gamers specifically are uh, possibly miffed about it not being a hardcore FPS because I know for a fact they're not playing hardcore FPSs most of them like I don't know many Nintendo fans that like are hardcore Nintendo fans and then they're also playing PC FPS games and they're playing Halo and they're playing all these games they, the reason they probably played Metroid Prime in the first place is because it wasn't your usual hardcore FPS so I, I feel like it's such a non-issue like I who cares if it's a little more casual? Maybe even if he's directly said, "Okay, Metroid Prime Four is gonna be a little more casual." Well, who cares? As long as it's a fun game and it's a good experience and it's cool and Ridley shows up, who cares? Yeah, so, I, I mean, it's it's Met- the the Prime games were never meant to be an FPS. In fact, back when the Prime games came out, they made marketing made a point to call it a first person adventure, 
just like uh, Breath of the Wild is an open air video game. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's it's a it's a first person platformer essentially with shooting because that's Metroid, right? That's it's it's never designed. And you even brought up Hunters, right? That's not even a hardcore FPS either because it's on the Nintendo DS. Um, so it's. Uh, yeah, much ado about nothing. I'm, I'm holding myself back because uh, Andy knows why. I, know, I, I can feel it. Because... I was going to bring up the, the fact that it's not an FPS, and that's not... Well, okay, but it... By technicality, yes. it, it is. But it's, I just it's don't not think that the, it was It's not in the same thing. Yes. Thank, yeah. thank you, Elias. I mean... I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will 1v2 you guys. I don't care. And uh, right, use my FPS right. skills. But I, Meet I, you by know, the flagpole. <laughs> we've gone down this path before. Yeah, put those guns away uh, and holster them, buddy, because we got a lot of questions to dive into here. We asked for questions, and you guys definitely delivered. Um, but we're going to do them all, even if it takes us a while, because like Dax said, he's he's been sick, and the Omega Metroid podcast has been uh, is going to be his medicine. So uh, here we go. First question comes from Todd Zastro, and he asks, would you have any interest in Samus returning to Talon 4? Um, you know what? I don't think so, no. I wouldn't mind. The only way that I would like to see that is if it was like a very, very, very brief prologue section. Um, I'm thinking like as brief as the Ceres research station at the opening of Super Metroid. If if she went there at the very beginning of Prime 4 and like was out of there just as quickly, that might be okay. But I think in general, I don't think we need to go back to Talon 4. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of kind of similar to... Uh for me like i don't think there's any reason to do an entire game there again um that that kind of worked once with metroid and super metroid right um with zebus and look how that turned out for the planet um but um yeah like like a maybe a pit stop kind of thing is is the the way i could accept seeing it as well like kind of i don't know if they're going to do the multi-planet thing like they did in prime 3 but if they did and it was just like, you know, Samus needs a Chozo thing to progress in the, the plot. We'll head on back to Talon 4 for like a, you know, small little area, grab a pickup and be on our way, right? Or, you know, like a, a frigate or a Ceres station. Um, anything like that I would be totally fine with. And especially just to see like parts of Talon 4 from a different perspective maybe or something like that. But uh, a whole video game there? I don't think so. Yeah, that, that's how I feel. I would I would like to go back to Town 4 to see what it looks like now without Phazen or, you know, at least just the, the aftermath of, you know, maybe that something else has happened on the planet. Do we need a whole game? No. Um, if it was a multi-planet game like Prime 3, I wouldn't be against it being a planet you could go back to. Um, but yeah, I don't think it needs to be like a Super Metroid situation where it takes place there again entirely. But I, I am interested in going back to places that we know were affected by, you know, foreign... Uh, influences and now we get to see them as they were before that um, and we really got little bits and tastes of that through metroid prime because you know you kind of cleanse the planet in a way as you're kind of playing through it but you don't really take in or really get to see the planet change in a f full way and I, I don't know i think it would be cool and as you know of course a big metroid fan i think or metroid prime fan i think it'd be really sick to maybe walk the uh, artifact temple area once or something like that see what it could be uh yeah i'm not against that i, I would like to go back all right. Uh, moving on, Tony asks, Breath of the Wild is one of the greatest Zelda games of all time, mainly because how it reinvented the series into a true open world experience while still staying true to its roots. Do you think Metroid 
could reinvent itself as well. What would that even look like? Elias, this is kind of in our wheelhouse, so I'll let you answer first here. What do you think? I mean, I think they did that with Metroid Prime. Um, I was not really around the Metroid fan community before the days of Prime, but have had uh, the experience of talking in depth with many of those people. And um, Metroid was always a side-scroller, even though at the time there were you know three games <laughs> and uh, Fusion was being developed. I don't know how well-known that was at the time. Um, but it was a side scroller with Super Metroid setting the gold standard of just, you know, just, yeah, essentially what became the Super Metroid standard of map uh, design. And they decide to rip that out and make it first person with, you know, 3D graphics. I know a lot of people who were just livid about them trying to do that and just like they were not happy that they were doing this. And then Metro Prime is finally iterated on and released. And it's, you know, it was like game of the year and it, it kind of uh, it hit that sweet spot of bringing Meshroid into what was in a modern age, um, bringing a fresh perspective while still sticking to the roots in the core of what made Metroid Metroid. Um, as far as how it could reinvent itself again at this point, maybe maybe more of the open worldness. I mean, they some of the, I know some of the developers uh, in Nintendo and, and retro, especially they. They always look at the industry and see what's going on and see what works and see what doesn't. So I I don't have an answer in terms of how they could do it in the future, but I'd be very curious to see them uh, try. What do you think, Deck? Uh, my thing with reinventing something is I'm, I'm okay with reinventing it if I've had enough of the actual thing itself. I don't have enough Metroid Prime games. There's three or four <laughs> or five, whatever. You know, there's not enough Metroid games. I'm still waiting for the Fusion sequel. The series doesn't need to be reinvented because I don't even have enough of the what it is right now. <laughs> you know, like talking about reinventing something. Zelda has like billions of games. It can reinvent itself 50 times over. Metroid has like five games. And they're, you know, haven't really changed much. And we really haven't, you know, other than Prime, but we haven't gotten a lot of that. I want, you know, I haven't gotten a Prime game in forever. I would like just a Prime game, a night just nice and simple. It doesn't have to be crazy. Just nice. Just give me the Metroid Prime. It's like I don't know why everyone's so like hell bent on like let's change it up and mix it up. Like why? I don't even have enough of the original thing. In terms of um, open world experience, I mean I think that all always comes down to execution, right? You can't really just like take open world and just slap it on something and, and know whether or not it's going to be good. Um, for me, I don't always. I, 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 I'm okay with a linear experience or somewhat linear or something, as long as it's a good story or a good gameplay, whatever it is. I don't need an open world experience every time I step into some video game land, right? Could it work for Metroid? Yeah. Um, I think maybe it'd be interesting if they did like a third person Metroid game in that kind of style. Maybe that could be cool or, you know, just do the first person. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, we could probably apply that to like any franchise. Would open world be cool here? Let's do Breath of the Wild this, Breath of the Wild that. And I feel like that's going to go on ad nauseum forever, you know, because of how good Breath of the Wild was. But for Metroid, I'd like to just get some Metroid before we start talking about, well, what's what's the new Metroid going to be? I just want the, act, the Metroid that I've been waiting for for 20 years. So I'm not, I'm not interested in reinvention right now. I just want, give me Prime 4, give me Fusion sequel when waiting for 20 years. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with the both of you said. I feel like I feel like Prime was the Breath of the Wild, or at least the Ocarina of Time of the uh, Metroid series, and I feel like I feel like we I just want more before we think that we need to completely reinvent the wheel. Um, one thing that I kind of want to touch on though, I don't know, like Metroid and Metroidvania games, like they they almost kind of are open world games in a sense where like you can really close, like you're yeah. free to go anywhere. Like 
they're, they're close. Like, you can't do as many things necessarily because, you know, you don't have the right equipment to get there, but, like, they're close enough that you still have that same sense of, like, I can go anywhere, do anything, and I can push and push, and maybe I'm here and I'm not supposed to be. And I feel like... I feel like open world, while it works for Zelda, is, like, already fairly similar to what Metroid has. Like, I, I would rather take a really deep, really well-designed, interconnected world, I think, over a open world, quote-unquote. So, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I would love to see... I, I think that 2D Metroid could probably stand to reinvent itself a little bit more than maybe Metroid Prime. And I think that we kind of touched on that in our Evolutions mm-hmm. uh, episode that we did a couple of ones ago, so check that out let's move on uh griffin only had about 10 quite actually not about he had 10 questions big griff big griff shout out to big i didn't put them all in but i did put a lot of them in because he this guy is pumping out quality questions one after the other so let's get started here um his first question if a super metroid remake happens will it have connections to other m I don't want it to happen, but it's the next game chronologically, and Other M starts with the final boss battle of Super Metroid, so will it? Dak, dear God, don't don't unleash, but give us your thoughts. No. No. <laughs> I, I If there's a Super Metroid remake and I see even a morsel of Other M in it, I'm burning it. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's, okay. no, there's no need. Yikes. You know, very apt, very apt. What about you, Liza? <laughs> I mean, it... Y- I th- I think there would be, and the evidence I think exists in the uh, remakes that exist now, especially the latest one, Samus Returns. They uh, spoilers for anyone who's never played that. Uh, by the way, um, at the very end of that game, they throw in a little Easter egg uh, hinting at the X Parasite, right? Something that doesn't come into play till Fusion, but the events that happen in the game that you just finished have a direct correlation to why Fusion exists. Um, likewise with Super Metroid, right? They would probably throw in a little Easter egg at the end of, you know, taking the Metroid DNA off her suit or whatever leads to the other M stuff, right? So, yeah, yeah they, they, they would, they would throw it. in something, something there, right? Um, they might not make a big deal about it, or they might not do it at all because, you know, Fusion was more popular than uh, than other M, for whatever reason. And... Uh, Can't figure out why. <laughs> and, no idea. Uh, so, yeah, I, probably... But we're talking in, in very much in like, uh, yeah, if the Super Metroid remake happens and this <laughs> happens, you know, like, uh, so yeah. Well, that's not that's not his only question about a Super Metroid remake. So we got some more there. Uh, you know, I I have to agree with you, Elias. I think that it's almost a hundred percent that they would put in something that alludes to the next game. But I cannot see them putting in anything that would tie into Other M, just because I think Nintendo knows like how much people hate other m and, and i think that like like they don't want to draw any more attention to it i don't think there's ever going to be an other m remaster or a remake i could i could totally see them putting in a little reference to to metroid 5 and maybe it's uh, it's kind of setting something up or even metroid prime 4 if they depending on where that kind of takes place in the metroid timeline um or uh, honestly even metroid fusion maybe it's gearing up for a big fusion remake i don't know i think that it definitely would add something and that it would definitely hint. At oh, the it would add something. Game. Yeah, it would add something. You're right there. I just I can't see it. I can't see it referencing other M. Like I I really do. I feel like people know. I feel like Nintendo knows how much. I, I don't know, man. Like, N- Nintendo likes to reference its bad games too, though. Like I feel like <laughs> I don't want it to happen, but I'm with the lies. I do think it would happen because that's the Nintendo thing to do. 
is to either not care or be oblivious and just be like, yeah, well, it's it's an, uh, it's part of the timeline. It's the next one, and we gotta reference it because how else would they know how the story progressed or something like that? I don't know. I, I could see them doing it. I don't want them to do it, but I agree that I think it's likely. I, I could see it, but I also I she like goes I said, to a baby shower know. at the end of the Superman okay. remake. <laughs> Oh boy. Let's um, Griffin, Griffin is back with another great question. Um, in Super Metroid, several bosses shared boss themes like Ridley and Dragon. If a Super Metroid remake happens, should these bosses share themes or get new ones? Um, I think uh, if a Super Metroid remake ever happens, I think it's almost a given that uh, there will be a new boss battle theme for everyone except for Ridley. Um, and I think that every time you hear Ridley's theme, like when when the planet is self-destructing and you need to make your escape, I think that'll be a new theme. I think that that, you know, that wasn't Ridley's theme back in 1994, but now it, it yeah. firmly is. So I think that there'll be a wicked remake of that and that there'll probably be a, a decent chunk of new music for that game. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like you, you look at, uh, again, Simus Returns, the latest remake we got, uh, they added so much musically to that game. Um, and yeah, like Ridley didn't really have his own theme back then. Now you can, you can just hear it and know like tense up. Where's the space dragon? Um, because he shows up in every other game and, uh, yeah, like they, I'm sure all the, all the different bosses that like shared themes would, would get their own little theme that would tie into like tweaks of the area that they, they do. Like they do so much good stuff with, with music in these kind of games now that I absolutely think they would, they would, uh, make a lot of new stuff for that. Yeah, I don't think they would miss the opportunity to do so either, because there are a lot of ways for them to just like, all right, this was kind of a copy of something else from somewhere else in the game. We can just completely reinvent it. Um, that's the reinvention we got in Metroid. You know, <laughs> new themes and 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 new remixes of themes. I always love that because Metroid, you know, except in like Federation Force, we talked about a couple weeks ago, pretty much always, uh, you know, hits the nail on the head in terms of music, and especially in the remakes too. So yeah, I think that's pretty much a given. I think we'd see a ton of new music in the remake. Um, all right, I actually thought that I took this question out, but I guess I left it in. Um, Doominimal, I said that wrong. Doominimal Crossing asks, with all these new 2D Metroid rumors picking up steam, what are your ideas for story direction in Metroid 5? I recently posted mine in response to this Shine Sparkers thread. So what he's talking about is uh, Darren Kerwin just wrote a piece for Shine Sparkers detailing his thoughts for Metroid 5, which I, I was I was about to start reading, but I didn't want to <laughs> take any influences or whatever. But um, I actually meant to take this out because I want to do an entire show dedicated to this. Yeah, so, agreed. Um, Duminal, we're going to answer your question, but you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer for that, unfortunately. Ridley's going to be in it, though. Fact. Well, maybe. Better be. Go <laughs> ghost of Ridley in that right. game. You don't need a ghost. You have, uh, what's it called? The little rabbit thing. Little birdie. Little birdie. No, no. <laughs> mm, 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 All right, no, move. let's move on. No, let's move no, on. Mm, mm. Jones ZI asks, if there is a Metroid spinoff title that could expand series world building, what kind of game would be your choice to do it? Samus doesn't need to be the only character in this one. You know, I feel, I feel like uh, Federation Force, if done properly, would have been a fine yeah. spinoff title that could have expanded the world yeah. building. But since we already had that and it didn't go exactly as planned, I think that it would be pretty cool if you could play a game maybe as like a Chozo warrior or something like that, like way back in the day, mm. maybe it leads to the creation of Samus or the power suit or something. Um, maybe something just to kind of fill in some of the blanks around the Chozo, maybe not all the blanks, but some of them. 
I think that that could be pretty cool. Or, you know, otherwise, I think that uh, that maybe a game featuring some of the bounty hunters that you see in, in Corruption would be pretty cool. There's lots of different uh, areas that they could go. Mm-hmm. Hunters, yeah, let's do it. I want more of the Hunters characters. I think the Chozo idea is sick, though. I haven't heard you say that one before, but I think, like, a, an early, like, old, like, um, like an old Metroid history game with Chozo characters, that'd be, that's cool. I never thought about that. I'd be down for that. This this question just makes me think of all the fan games I used to see back in the day where they were just like, well, what if you played as a soldier? Or what if you played as this? And what if you did that? Um, there's a lot of ideas and a lot of different things they could do. Um, yeah, Federation Force... Um, I think the idea was good. Um, it should probably not have been the only Metroid game we had in seven years. <laughs> there were some execution issues, but um, yeah, like uh, that's that's the uh, the obvious title. Maybe focus on a specific character uh, who's who's around, like a specific soldier, maybe. Um, or yeah, like uh, the the shows. All the, all these ideas are are really good. Um, I'm probably too. Probably too like old and jaded in the community to think of anything else original at this point <laughs> in terms of my answer to this question. But all you guys' ideas are just I would play all of them. You know, really, really fun sidebar here. But we did a we did a Q and A episode over on the Zelda podcast as well this week, and somebody asked me if the uh, if Federation Force and Triforce Heroes were spiritually the same game, and I was just like, absolutely. Yep, I think I think so. absolutely. <laughs> And they came out at like almost the same time too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's it's a perfect perfect analogy. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the Federation Force thing too is that what it should have been, in my opinion, either you know go more and give us more of like the other perspectives of the Prime trilogy from their perspective, or it should have been the story of the uh, troopers from Aether from Prime Two. I would love to have played a game. Uh, be playing as those troops and like a survival like like halo reach where you just like you know they're gonna die you know how it ends but you want to see how it happened i would have loved that's a game that i always wanted i wish federation force was that game um other than that i think yeah. i think that would be cool yeah yeah good good call with halo reach i take it back there is a, a specific spin-off game title i would like to see i don't know if it expands world building or whatever but i would believe it or not actually like to see another pinball game because the one we have yes. is great Yes, I agree. I would be down for another pinball game. Just give us like all the new locations that we've had. Oh wait, what new locations since then? There haven't been any new I, Metroid games. I have games. to say, I'm horrible at Metroid Prime Pinball. I, I finally picked it up, and man, I can I can barely like it took me forever to unlock Fendrana. I, I don't think I've unlocked the phase <laughs> on mines yet. I'm horrible. Like, keep that to yourself, anyways, man. Let's, let's keep on going. Let's keep going. Um, Big Griff is back with another another easy for me to say. A couple questions here. Um, all right. He asks, what augmentations could be made to the speed booster? Um, thinking along the lines of the grapple beam, getting the grapple lasso and voltage upgrade for Prime 3. Um, I, I feel like I've, in 2D Metroid, let's make the distinction. In 2D Metroid, there could be a lot of different ways that you could use it better. And maybe my answer would be to like kind of implement shine sparking, but like make it a required part of the game. Because I don't think that it's really ever required in Metroid games. I could be wrong about that, but... It's mostly just optional for the, for the most part. So maybe there's a couple different Shine Spark moves that you can do. Um, for 3D Metroid, uh, just make it work in, in general, <laughs> you know. But but not but not like half-assed, like uh, like the Screw Attack or the Space Jump. Well, I will say one of the 
parts I did actually really enjoy from Other M was how they implemented the speed booster in the 3D environment. Um, and I think they could probably... Well, I, as soon as I heard you pipe up, I was like, he's going to bring up Other M. The... <laughs> Damn it. Listen, I'm no, I'm no Other M apologist, but I think if they, if they took aspects from how they implemented that and put it into a Prime game or something, it could work pretty well in 3D. Um, since I'm already talking, though... I actually don't... I don't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, like... like uh, move her into, like, a third-person camera or something while she goes into exactly. the or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be fine. I'd be down with that. Um, um, yeah, keep going. Um, yeah, the, 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 the idea of like a 2d speed booster kind of augment that I came up with back when, you know, I had started Metroid fan sites and, uh, was making fan games and was a idealistic teenager, um, was like a, like a kind of like a spider ball feature of it where you could like run up walls and roofs and stuff. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized it was basically just Sonic, um, <laughs> But uh, you know, you know, something something similar to that um, could could be uh, interesting for the speed booster. Or did think one idea would be cool somehow. I don't know how they would implement this, but this was something that I thought of when I was playing Fusion as a kid. Was maybe if you were able to like shine or speed boost through an enemy and like temporarily like absorb its like weapon or power or something as you like move through it, and it was like only available as you're still moving. So, like, you ran through an enemy and you, like, quickly got its, like, I don't know, whatever little ability it has. And you could, like, use that something. Uh, as you're still in motion, you kind of, like, absorbed its power until you lose all that momentum and, and, you, and it drops off of you. Um, and fusion, I guess, it kind of made more sense because you're already absorbing stuff. Um, but I thought that was always a cool idea. And, and maybe somehow kind of changing up her arsenal a little bit in, like, little spurts of time. I don't know. Another thing Probably that could be... Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go for it. Another thing that could be interesting, too, is, you know, with the way the speed booster works, um, you basically run for a certain amount of time, <clears throat> and then it kicks in. If there were, like, tiers to how fast you could go while doing that, mm. right, where you keep, if, if you yeah. keep running, you go faster, and then you go faster, and then when you actually shine spark, how fast you were going you go applies to that shine spark, and maybe you can only break certain blocks Ooh. or get into certain areas if your shine spark is a certain speed, you know? That could be actually like pretty that. cool. I like that. Um, that's a great idea, actually. All right, Big Griff is back with another one here. Uh, considering Computer Adam was in on the corruption or on the corrupt Federation's plan in Fusion, shouldn't he have the evidence necessary to settle the corrupt Galactic Federation and BSL stuff in the prologue for Metroid Five? Um, this kind of ties it back into the into the whole like, what is your plan for Metroid Five story? But um, I, I mean, I guess yeah. I actually I. I think I said this on our last question episode, but I really don't like anything to do with Adam in the Metroid series. I think he's kind of hokey. So like, it, I, I don't really want to see him at all in Metroid five, to be honest. What do you guys think? Fortunately for you, he's dead. Spoiler. Conf- well, I mean, he was dead question. in fusion so too. He's what, what is it? What does this question mean? He was in on the corrupt Federation's plan. He wasn't really in on it. He's a computer. He's not in on it. It's like it's like saying my desktop is in on me doing anything that I do on my computer. It's not in on it. It's a function or a tool. Um, I'm kind of confused by that question. He's not really like like through the story. He's aware of what's going on, but it's not like a, the computer can act on really anything. First of all, because it only has any uh, connection to the ship, uh, the BSL that is. Second of all, it's not like it has any authority to make any decisions, as far as we know. And third, we really don't know the extent of what it actually knew. 
um, or how much power the Atom AI really could have in terms of set. Like, how does it set? Like, what does it mean settle the the stuff? Like, how does how does a comp an AI computer take like or address the whole corrupt wing of an entire military industrial complex? Right. Like, I I feel like there's no way for Adam himself the computer to been like, to really have intervened other than with samus's help i mean i kind of disagree with you on a couple of points there um because uh towards the end of fusion like the the sort of climactic moment right is whenever samus basically calls him adam and he's just like yeah that is what i'm based off and adam would recognize you know the uh you know the wrongness of the orders i'm blindly following here Okay, Samus, you're going to blow everything up. <laughs> Always the solution. Um, <laughs> um, and then, you know, he, you know, hops onto Samus' ship to, to survive in a super state or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, like he, he had to have some level of, of uh, consciousness and sentience to make that sort of call because um, he definitely wasn't following orders as a computer program at that time. Um, and, yeah, I, I well, think I as, as, a result of, as a result of that, like... As a computer that downloads information, he can have all the evidence he needs to present it to whoever. Like, <laughs> well, but, I mean, we don't know like uh, what I, access to any data. Be like, how how do we know he could download anything at all? You know, all we know is that he could download like weapon information and like maybe some bare information that he's getting from the GF. And I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah, okay, he had the conscience to tell Samus to blow up the ship, but he still had to tell Samus to do it. He couldn't do it. Why? If he's so powerful, why didn't he just blow up the ship himself? And tell Samus well, to it's leave. Not that, it's not that he's powerful. He just has a record. No, of what I know, but I'm saying Samus like uh, not that powerful, but how, how much influence he has. I don't. I think might be a bit overstated because otherwise, yeah, why wouldn't he have just at the beginning of the game just been like, oh yeah, Samus, I'm just gonna drop this into a planet. You gotta get off here. Like, why even have the whole? Well, event I, I mean, the I think we're story. overlooking a pretty big point here is that when the BSL was destroyed at the end of Fusion, I mean. Adam's gone with it too, right? No, he's in the ship. No, so he's not, he, no, he's in the ship. Downloaded he's in himself. Ship he in the ship downloaded himself yeah. into Samus' ship. Oh, so he, there's always a possibility he'll come yeah, back for right, you. Andy. Right. <laughs> I assume that he's coming back, and I personally <laughs> would like him to come back. I I like the 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 dichotomy of like the former Adam and then her relationship with someone who is him but not really. Because like, and this is a whole another. Uh, topic of like well is a, is an ai made from someone still that consciousness is it a flash clone of that consciousness you know all that so that like that um i don't know that before relationship you get too I think philosophical cool. here let, let's kind of cut this off before we get down a rabbit hole here um i guess just in, in closing um, good question i, I don't know <laughs> good it's question a, it's a good in question, closing, yeah. good question. Um, i actually <laughs> i wanted to uh i wanted to talk about navigation rooms and how they could be improved in fusion in the future so i think we'll probably talk we're not done talking about adam yet um but let's yeah. move on here um give me a yes or a no answer or actually rather an in or an out answer here ridley revolution asks hypothetical new f-zero with samus and ridley is guest star racers are you in or out we're getting a new f-zero game I didn't know that. In. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. in. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Hell I, yeah, that would, that would be I awesome. I really wish I could have said out so that I could have pronounced it out. You bastard. Uh, let's <laughs> move on. Damon asks. You knew what you were getting when you invited me. <laughs> yeah, why do we Why do we invite this guy? Or never invite a Zelda Universe guy into a Metroid podcast. Uh, all right. Damon asks, if they could remake any of the Metroid games, which one would you like to see remade? Uh, Fusion, without a shadow of a doubt. I think that Fusion has a lot of issues that I would like to see fixed with a remake. Um, this guy. And, and I, I don't... 
I don't mean that as a as like a you know knock against Fusion in the sense of like I, I think it's a great game, but it could be even better, and it could be they could make some changes to make it fit the style of Metroid that I like a little bit more. So I, I think Fusion. Plus, I mean, like you add in, let's say that you add in voice acting. Let's say you add in, um, you know, a, just a bigger text box for the Adam scene so it doesn't feel like he's just talking to you forever and ever. You get rid of him asking you, is your objective clear every six seconds? There's just, there's a lot of like really quick, simple things that I think could um, take that game to the next level. And the, I mean, the music, you know, you can only get so far on GBA sound processors. So yeah, fusion. I you know you I think? know we did the uh, the fusion versus super remake episode or talked about it at one point and in terms of that if I had to pick one or the other I definitely want the fusion remake but you know if I had to pick a remake I want the Metroid Prime Hunters HD baby and though I really want a sequel to it I would take an HD remake. Yeah, that would, I think that'd be number two actually. As surprising as that may sound because that game could use a remake. I was actually really thinking good. about that too myself because yeah, fusion and and super are kind of the obvious answers and there's a big question there about when and how to remake them hunters hd uh i th- i think it could benefit from a remake eventually as well um so my answer would definitely be one of those three hell yeah if they if they redid hunters though like mm. i want a complete overhaul with the story like uh <laughs> just like well, that's adding, the thing is at that point like, might not even remake story. i would i would i would you know and i've talked about this but i really want is to do a sequel at all the hunters from the other games but then the campaign should be the origin stories for the original hunters from the original game so you can actually live you know canon breaking yeah. out of his lab and silix doing this or blah blah and and uh you know whatever weevil you know, maybe you get the fight against samus as weevil and you know lose his body and all that um so yeah i that's what i would love you know you get the campaign of the original hunters but then you have you add all the hunters from three and whatnot all right, uh, I love it. Let's move on here. Um, Dominique asks, what tells us that no other Leviathan seeds were sent by the late Dark Samus from the planet Phase in Metroid Prime 3? Do you think they will try and reinstate Phase on in Metroid Prime 4? Uh, no, no, I don't think that they're going to do that, and I hope that they don't do that. I think that we're going to get a fresh start. I, I Honestly, I think they're... A lot of people associate the name Metroid Prime with the Phazon story here. I think they're calling it Metroid Prime 4 Tentative in order title, to tell us yeah. that it's going to be a... a like it, I think they're just... It's almost for branding purposes. Like them saying, like, this is going to be a first-person platforming adventure, kind of like you're familiar with already. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the original trilogy. What do you think, Dak? I think it'll have something to do with the original trilogy. I just don't think there will be Phazon. I mean, I think it'll be a, a pretty direct sequel to Prime 3. Maybe not directly directly, like five minutes afterward, but... Um, I think it'll, I think it'll still have a lot of ties to the first three games and I would like it to. I'm one thing that I've always been interested in seeing what a lot of places like, like we talked about earlier, what a lot of places are like without Phazen. If Phazen was such a powerful force, it was an addictive force. I mean, Samus, you know, was completely corrupted by it. I would like to see you maybe a subplot with Samus dealing with maybe, you know, the, the issues of not having Phazen in her body anymore and going to places that were previously corrupted and all that and seeing how they're flourishing or not. Um, so I would like there to be a connection. It doesn't necessarily have to be, all right, Phazen's back. Haha, there's green Phazen this time. We didn't know about that. Um, but I would like there to be some kind of connection because, I, you know, it is a Metroid Prime game. I think all those games uh, will probably have some kind of connection to each other. And the stories are still good. And it's not, and the Metroid Prime isn't just Phazen, you know, so. But I don't think Phazen itself will probably be a huge role physically, like literally there. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, Metroid Prime, while it originally alluded to a specific uh, being or character in a game, is now just a brand, sub-brand of Metroid, right? So... Well, it's like a style of gameplay, really. Yeah, like, I would say. You think of Metroid Prime, you think of first-person Metroid. Because of like how Dark Samus was, you could kind of stretch that to Metroid Primes 1, 2, and 3, but like Metroid Prime Hunters, Metroid Prime Pinball, like that's just a kind of a brand of like, this is 3D Metroid. <laughs> Metroid Prime Federation Force. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in, in terms of uh, my answer to the question, yeah, no, I think they have officially stated, actually, uh, in interviews that Phazon's done. Um, I think they even went so far as to say that the destruction of Phase meant Phazon was gone everywhere. Because that <laughs> literally makes sense. eliminated from the universe. Yeah. Somehow. I mean, they, they did the same thing in Develop Interview Post Fusion, I think, as well, where uh, uh, Sakamoto san was just like, yeah, it destroyed SR388 too, the explosion. Okay. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I I don't I don't definitely don't think Phazon's uh, coming back. I think they're kind of done with that. I think they're we might be dealing with some like uh, effects from the Phazon yeah. crisis, so to speak. Um, but that's what I want to see. Um, I think that their path for in terms of a story, more or less, for uh, Metroid Prime Four, or whatever it becomes called, Metroid Prime something. Um, is pretty much set and away from Phazon itself. Fair enough. Uh, Quaid asks, would Captain Falcon make a good cameo as a fellow bounty hunter? What do you think he could bring to the table besides Falcon punching Ridley? Uh, you know, we did an episode about Nintendo and Metroid being in a shared universe uh, <laughs> way back when, so you can check that out for an expanded answer on this. But um, in, in an official, like, canon metroid game what do i want to see captain falcon uh maybe not really but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world it'd, it'd be kind of fun i think that of any nintendo characters they fit together you know uh, do they so that could be yeah, well it, they, they fit together maybe the best out of like do they have anything else. in common like, other than being in space i mean your choices are that or star okay, Fox. Well, like <laughs> that which is worse right. so i'll give you that or, or uh, kirby maybe they fit they fit together better than yeah better than samus and kirby <laughs> Is my point. So, like, would I want to see it? No, um, not in a, not in like an official game. But if they made like some wacky spinoff, kind of like they did with Mario and Rabbids, where it was like Samus and Falcon as like a buddy movie, and it was like a non-canon kind of thing, I would actually, I would love that. I'm, I think that I'm honestly fine with just the subspace emissary world of light kind of crossover, where they just kind of <laughs> go all out for a ridiculous scenario. Uh, um, I miss subspace. I, uh, yeah, like that's. That's the kind of thing I would like to see. Now, don't get me wrong to our earlier question, right? Like, Samus in a Mario Kart or an F-Zero game. Sure. Well, fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, I, you know, more rep, more. that just brings kind of awareness to Metroid more than it's like, yeah, Samus took a break from fighting Ridley to go race in a league or something. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So, cam- Cameo in a Metroid game, though, as a fellow bounty hunter... Maybe if it was, you know, you know what game I think that would work is if they did a hunters esque type game, like kind of like you were saying, Dak, where like you could pick a bunch of different hunters and stuff like that. Maybe it's like the the cannon is a little bit uh, less, it's a little bit looser, a little bit faster. So if you had like Captain Falcon as like a bonus unlockable character, kind of like how like 
Cosmos showed up in Xenoblade Chronicles too. I, I think maybe that or Star is Fox that. in that that Ubisoft game with the the Starlink. Yeah, Starlink. Yeah. Yeah, I. But like, what if you played a Star Fox game and some rando anime guy sh- from some game you don't know shows up and I don't know. I'd be. I don't know. First of all, Samus isn't even a bounty hunter. Let's get that out of the way. Samus, Ca- Captain Falcon might be a bounty hunter. Samus is not a bounty hunter. I have never played a Metroid game in which Samus is offered a contract from some person and collects it and kills someone or whatever and then gets money. That has never happened. She is a hired gun. She's a soldier or a hired armed mercenary for the government. So that's for one thing. Number two, um, I just I think it would just be too goofy. Not that Metroid has to be like it's super, super serious, but they're just very conflicting in terms of themes. Like the second you see Falcon, you think of goofy Smash stuff. And it would, I think it would kind of take me out of it if I'm playing Metro and all of a sudden Captain Falcon is there, like Falcon punching Ridley. Like it would be meme and funny, but would it like advance the quality of the game or make me want to play it more? And eh, not really. And I think it would kind of, if anything, kind of bring it down because now it's kind of taking itself as a joke where I'm trying to play a, you know, I'm trying to, a game that's taking itself seriously for the most part, all of a sudden this dude shows up. Yeah. That's know. fair. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's fair. But cameos, um, I'm fine with. If Samus wants to go fly in in, in F Zero or Mario Kart, I think that's great. Um, and actually, if they did that, I think that'd be really cool, and I'd play Samus. And Ridley could just fly; he doesn't even need a cart. You know, he could just be cruising. Oh, he needs a cart, Dad. Oh, he needs like a little car where he's like crunched up yeah, and. Like, but Ridley's I, too yeah, big. Okay. He's not too big anymore, man. Now he's too bad. <laughs> now he's too low tier. That's what the problem is. We're we're little steps. All right, let's keep going here. Big Griff is back with another question. And, Dak, I'm going to let you go first because I already know your answer. In Metroid 5, how could Samus lose her power-ups in a way that makes sense? <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what's your answer to that, Dak? Oh, I th- yeah, we talked about this already. So my answer to this is that she shouldn't lose her power-ups. She should be at full power there it at is. the beginning of the game. There it is. Uh, I don't think she should She should be at max power at the beginning of the game and make the rest of the game really strong and give her even more stuff and upgrades. I, I'm over the... She goes into an alley and gets beat up and loses her stuff, or she, you know, puts a fork in the wall outlet and she loses her power suit. I'm done with that. Um, I think she's done with that. I think she, as a person, could avoid it. Um, I would like a game where you just start off as a tank and you just start taking things down. You're like, damn, I'm so good. I'm the strongest bounty hunter, or sorry, space warrior in the universe, in the galaxy. And, but then she comes across things that are even stronger that require way more than she would have had at the end of fusion or whatever. So, um, yeah, you already don't know my stance on this. I don't think she should lose her stuff. Uh, okay. I've, I've got a good pitch that you're going to be, that you're going to love and you're going to want to go with my idea, but Elias, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> oh man. Um, I think that in every game where they've actually tried to explain how she loses her power ups, they have done an okay job at best and a poor job at worst. Um, the whole authorization thing in Other M. Don't need that again. Um, oh. Prime, where she takes a hit that is more minor than all the other hits she takes throughout the course of the game. Uh, okay, fine. It hits something important, whatever. Metro Prime 2, where the Ing kind of just steal everything. Right, and it's not even everything, right? Yeah, that was actually pretty. I good. think that one was that, that was one was probably, yeah, that was probably the best, the best one, the best one right? Yeah. But it kind of locks you into like a plot of taking back your power ups from like guardians or the in guardians or, mm-hmm. or whatever they were called, right? So, I think it's it's kind of just like the I don't know if this is the right term for it, but like the MacGuffin of Metro games, where you just kind of accept that you start off each game with like 
basic power-ups. Like, I'm fine with starting with missiles or morph ball or, you know, bombs or, or whatever uh, you choose to just start off with based off how many, like, innovations uh, you're doing in that particular game. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I don't think... Uh, I don't think that Metroid 5 needs to worry about it. <laughs> okay, so... I've got something that you're both going to love. You're both going to be like, Andy, that's a great idea. Now, here here I go. Here's my pitch, okay? So the reason that Samus always losing her powers is corny and lame is because it's always this wonky, like a MacGuffin, like you said, Elias. Now, what if you lost your powers and it was a direct part of the story? Here's the pitch. Metroid 5 starts, and this is kind of bleeding into my my how I think Metroid 5 will go. So all I'll say is, like, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Samus is going to be on the run. I, I don't think so. She's not running from anybody. She's Samus Aran. She's the most powerful warrior in the galaxy. But let's say that she goes into a giant Galactic Federation uh, headquarters or space station or something. She can get in there, but the only way that she can get in undetected to bring them down from within is in zero zero suit form so she has to give up all of her power-ups because they'll set off an alarm or something like that she has to sneak her way inside and then steal galactic prototypes while she's back inside so like she can get her power suit back she can then get all of these different upgrades and new attacks and stuff like that so you actually have a storyline reason for her to be you know powerless at the beginning of the game and i think that by her deciding like giving her some agency and, and like her being like it's my choice i'm leaving all this behind so i can do this i think that that makes the the collection of the power-ups much better like much better implemented from a story perspective what do you guys think for well that? you just you just almost contradicted yourself you said that she chooses to like not don her power suit for plot reasons or something um but then gets them back from the federation as she goes through yeah, why would she go in there to get stuff she already has? There are holes in your story, sir. I'm confused. Well, I mean, yes, there's holes in my story. I'm just, I've just made it up. But hear me out. So, so let's just say that, uh, let's just say for the sake of, of the story, there's like a giant alarm system that is set off if they're. Why is she detects... sneaking around? She's the she's finish. the most powerful me... warrior in the galaxy. Why is she not just going right outside their front door finish. and blasting them to bits? That's you know. Are you done? <laughs> All right, let me finish. So she's she's going into this impenetrable fortress, okay? It's impenetrable, and there's an alarm system. Yeah, it's impenetrable. Alarm system, there's only one way in, and the only way that she can get in to bring down the Federation, the corrupt Federation, is through this one passageway, and in <laughs> order to, to get in there, she needs to, to discard her power suit. And maybe you, you figure out some plot way where she can like reacquire her power suit inside but just the base power suit okay just the base power suit now while she's in there this is your opportunity to say like all right we're in this giant galactic hq there's all the this this r&d stations all around this place let's bust in and let's get the newest prototype of the missile that that uh, the gf is working on or let's get the newest type of beams that the gf is working on for their warriors i think that that has i think that that has legs behind it that you're describing Silex the game, is what you're describing, right? Because this is his this is his thing, right? He goes in and steals Galactic Federation stuff, or Metroid eggs. Maybe I, I mean maybe like maybe it could be like you know I actually think that in Metroid Five or Metroid Prime Four, uh, whichever one comes first, 
I think that you'll probably end up fighting Silex and, and probably. Teaming I mean, I up hope Prime Four. Prime Four better be Samus versus Silex. They're teaming. They're teasing that like for the past decade for Prime Four, so I'm sure it'll play some part. I'm. I'm gonna say, e- Andy. Either way. Uh, it sounds too convenient. Like, oh, she has to take off her suit. This is the only way for her to get in. There's an alarm system that's set up so she cannot come in. It'll, you know, like it seems very convenient. It's like too forced. I for will. Me. I will say, Andy, that uh, your pitch for explaining why she starts off with nothing is uh, what is the, the kind of explanation I would expect from a Metroid game as to why uh, she couldn't. Which is why I'm. At this point, like, I don't think they need to explain it. I just accept at the beginning of every Metroid game, I am not nearly as powerful as I will be. <sighs> I, I'm just not about, like, being forced to be weak again, unless, like, if, all right, you know, yeah, I get it that, like, that's the Metroid thing, but at this point, like, she could just go all out, and I don't think there needs to be this, like, convoluted, she needs to, like, strip herself of her powers of her own volition so she can infiltrate, blah, blah, all this, like, stuff. I feel like just, like... Have her just go straight up and go right at him. I don't think they're... And, and, and also, I don't think Samus would voluntarily give up her power suit like that and all of her stuff. I think she would probably find another way around it. Um, I mean, I can't think... What I, if that was the only way, Jack? But that's what I'm saying, is that, like, why does it have to be the only way? Like, let's 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 open our minds, let's, Andy. Because, because that's what the story dictates. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's let's move on. Let's move on. We should I, I make say, a Metroid though, that, like, game. If you, if you go in... Andy really wants another Zero Suit game, is what I've learned over the past few months, is that he really, really wants a Zero Suit Samus game. I think that'd be cool. I mean, like, if you go in and you have all the power-ups, like, what are you what are you playing for? Is it just an action game at that point? Like, a big part of Metroid is getting items. I, all right. I guess as a big Metroid fan and waiting for 20 years, I want to crush the Galactic Federation. That is the satisfying turn moment. Right, for I don't want to. I don't want to crush him in the first five minutes of the game, though, when I have all my powers. All right, let's let's, wait, let's wait, move wait, on. Let's wait, move on. We don't wait, have time for this. What if that's the prologue of the game? You crush the Federation, and then what? The aftermath. See, that's uh, that's what I'm, uh, that's that's interesting. All right, let's, I'm let's move on. That. I'm sorry, I had to throw We're that. Moving on. Hespy asks. Hespy. This is an easy question. Uh, would you rather have Metro Prime Trilogy HD for the Switch or a new 2D pixel art? Um, before Metroid Prime 4. And this. he says with the caveat, he says with the caveat, Octopath Traveler level of quality on those pixels. I think that's an easy one. New 2D. Like, like easily. I have Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Wii U, and that's great. I, I don't yeah, need it. I have it on, on my PC. Like, I don't need them to release it on the Switch or anything. I, I would love, I, I think it's more likely that Prime Trilogy comes out, but, um, and I certainly wouldn't complain because I think that it's important that people play those, and I think yeah, that it will come out. That would be good. I want more people to play the games. That's so I would love the Metroid Prime Trilogy to come out, just like I really want most good games to be released so more people could enjoy. Yeah, them. yeah. I mean, I. Oh, I mean, you're talking a port versus new, though. Oof. I yeah. I and think you know. I think ultimately that's that's my choice as well. And like a new side-scrolling game, uh, bonus if it's you know beautifully 2D. Um, you can't really say no to that, but I think it also depends on how, uh, going back to what we started the podcast off with, how uh, accessible Prime Four ends up being. Not necessarily from a gameplay perspective, but from like a like story, almost story perspective. Like, do you need to have the context of the original trilogy to jump into Metro Prime Four um, with, with whatever it's called? Because 
if so, like right. you want to make trilogy as accessible as dope. possible, release it on the Switch, which is something everyone has now, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, right. y- you want to get that in their hands too, because then they can play. Like I've I've preached the Metroid Prime trilogy to so many people who just don't have a Wii U, don't have a Wii. They you know they are are game to play it now, but just can't and don't want to buy a Metroid Prime trilogy console, right? Um, and so uh, yeah, I mean. Ultimately, two D new pixel, but I also just really want people to play Prime as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a wrong answer to this. You know, the new two D Metro no, would be great. Not. The trilogy would be great for more people who can play it. Please, if you have a PC, play it on PC. It's the best way to play it. It's so good. Um, but I guess yeah, I think it's just you know want to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. And you know, as Metroid fans, and getting more people to play Metroid is obviously one of our end games too. Um, so we're not alone out here. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Tony, a.k.a. Low Rule Legend, asks... Tony. Uh, and this is, kind of, this is kind of a weird one. I don't know if you guys are going to really care about this. Uh, what do you want to see done with the future of Donkey Kong? And do you think Retro is working on both Metroid and Donkey Kong? Mm. So I, I'm going to take the lead go, on this oh, if you guys... Okay, you, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Okay, okay. You, I, go, you go ahead, Deck. You go ahead. I, okay, first of all, my favorite uh, Donkey Kong game of all time is Donkey Kong 64. I love that game so, so, so much. I would love a Breath of the Wild-style DK game. That's what I want. Give me a vast, huge jungle that I can explore and <laughs> discover things as DK and running around. I, I, I'm so serious about this, guys. I love... I, DK is a really... Uh, favorite game series of mine and i always wanted a sequel to donkey kong 64 how sick would it be you're running around with your pals you got the gang all together all the different you know kong members and you get to go of this huge world flying through the jungle and all that stuff one of the things about breath of the wild is great is because you can see the whole landscape from far but you can kind of see what those things are while looking at them but i'm imagining this big dense jungle where like there are some you know tons of mysteries all over the place and you you can see the sprawling jungle but you can't see too di- you know uh, thick into it too deep into it until you really explore it and you're and you're bowering through it as dk and you got your coconut gun all this i would love a open world breath of the wild style dk game so badly in the vein of and, you know let me give me a ton of things to collect and all these different you know animals to ride i would love that so much that's what i want I've been waiting to answer that he for like a week. I'm, I've, that's the, th- that's, out me. of all these questions, this is the question <laughs> I've been looking forward to talking about because I've been thinking about it for a week. Yeah, that, that's great. I would uh, I would totally do that. Or even like a Mario Odyssey kind of a game. Um, I, I feel like it was probably fairly likely that they were working on a new Donkey Kong when they were told that they had to do Metroid Prime 4. I feel like that's pretty likely. <sighs> typically, typically, like games are done in trilogies and I feel like you know, we haven't had a Donkey Kong is one of the last heavy hitters that hasn't had like a brand new game for the Switch. So um, I feel, you know, I feel like it's probably another 2D game that's coming out soon, another Donkey Kong Country. But man, that, your idea deck sounds uh, pretty awesome. And I don't know if they're working on Donkey Kong anymore. Probably not. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to. Tell. I mean, they were definitely working on something this this whole time before they got Metroid back. Uh, whether or not we ever see it, or if it was Donkey Kong or not, we may. Never know, or we'll know, eventually. Um, in terms of the future of Donkey Kong, I am not the hugest Donkey Kong fan, but whatever makes all those fans happy, be it another country-style game or another open-air jungle game, um, I, I am fine with any, any of that. <laughs> 
Donkey Kong Breath of the Wild, man. I, I would buy that Breath game. Breath of the Jungle, dude. Like, come on. This would be so good. No, I mean, it's if it's DK, it would just be called Jungle Breath. Let's be real here. Jungle Breath. That's that's so good. Jungle Breath. Oh, my God, dude. This guy. I, I love this guy. <laughs> Jungle Breath. Holy All shit. All right, Elias. This is a question specifically oh, for boy. you. Rurik, I think that's his name, asks, why are there so many tubes in a pirate headquarters that are mor- that a morph ball can fit perfectly in pi- into? In a pirate Pirate headquarters. Oh. Or is it just in a pirate? I'm doing my best with the questions. <laughs> yeah, it's just in a pirate. <laughs> so many tubes in a pirate that a morphola can fit through. Yikes. Um, the thing I always have to remind myself. Yeah. yeah there's there's a lot of convenient just uh, tunnels, no matter where she is. Yeah. Um, the thing I always have to remind myself about that is that uh, the morph ball is not as small as you might immediately think because it's just like a meter diameter ball. Like if you stand next to that, that's a fairly large sphere (laughs) made of metal and energy. Um, And so that's like, you know, I'm sure they, they equate that to like ventilation shaft size. So for pirate bases, that's easier to explain than like the middle of the wilderness where there's just a (laughs) natural ventilation shaft, uh, the same size throughout. Um, yeah, it just comes down to level design. Like, <laughs> you know, the morph ball is a staple, and uh, you want to design for it occasionally. See, I always thought it was because the space pirates could also fit through those tubes because they can kind of like crouch and crawl on the ground. Yes, yeah, so zero like, mission way, they can. They, they can. Yeah, in zero mission, that's you know that's what I immediately think of. They can crawl through those similar sized areas. So I just assumed that they also travel like that maybe they like to you know crack their back a little bit flatten out and you know go out and uh, travel i mean a meter tall space like you could you could walk through that but just by crouching or it's not it's not too small yeah exactly like that's it's not like out of the realm of possibility for them to also you know they're insect like you know they they travel i mean insects travel through you know hills in their in their colonies so maybe it's the same kind of uh idea there i don't know i think we're all overlooking something what if the tunnels came first and Samus just built her morph ball to fit through them. What about that? What came first, the tunnel or the morph ball? Uh, there hmm. you go. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. We got three left and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, these questions are from discord. Um, Apollo 07 asks, why are they just referred to as space pirates? Why isn't the group named? I think that space pirates is the name. Well, I think they're just like a group because like, they're just like a group of like different, uh, or like aliens and stuff, right? Like well, they're not like an official. It's a, organi- like, it depends on which Metroid producer you ask. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that, they're true. they're that's somewhat separated and siloed. Um, there's like the Zabezian space pirates, which are like right the traditional, and then the Prime pirates were technically the same group, but more diverse um, and uh, non you know different random amalgamated species. I I don't know. Um, they probably can't think of a better name. Despite all the logs you might scan of scientists conducting experiments amongst the space pirates, they are not the brightest bunch. So uh, <laughs> it's probably the best they can think of. I I thought that it was really just the Federation was like, well, we're not going to like give them, like we're not going to call them what they really are. We're, they're pirates, you know, they're bad guys, so they're space pirates. You know, I, I just was always chalked it up as that's, they kind of flagrantly called them that because they're bad guys and to really give them their respect of specifically calling them what they are is not what they would do 
So. I feel like in, in a primes a few prime scans they refer to themselves in space pirates, but I could I oh okay I'm not that you know that probably that makes sense because I feel like like how they talk and how they communicate I can see the that. hunter like, is yeah, here. Whatever. Oh, they're calling us space pirates. Yeah, that works. Whatever, sure. <laughs> I feel like space pirates is fine if, if they were like I don't know the order of the pirates. I, I think that'd be cheesy. <laughs> that something. would that yeah, would right? that would like, apply would a lot really more organization. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It would space pirates implies well, they're just kind of a reckless band and making do with what they can, which is really. Yeah, I mean, there's there's different do. cells doing are. different things yeah. in different ways, and exactly. for some reason, Ridley's yeah. always there. <laughs> well, you got to have your Jack Sparrow show up, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go, uh, Elias. This is a question Taylor made for you and I. Uh, why is Metroid the only Nintendo franchise with the timeline even remotely intact? You know, it's very funny. Because we were talking about the Zelda timeline and how much I hate it. <laughs> I thought there was and, a Zelda uh, timeline. I thought you guys, don't you guys love it's that? More, that? It's more, it's more of branching. Time it's more of a time web at this point. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. It's it's like it, it, the Zelda timeline is the is the midi <laughs> of the Zelda series. It's, it's it's terrible. And I was using Metroid as a good example of a series that that has a, a good timeline and you know. They don't release everything in chronological order, but right. you know at least everything fits, and it's uh, it's not this giant Charlie Foxtrot that the that the Zelda so, timeline is. So here here's the thing. This it kind of goes back to the 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 dueling producers. I'll say at this point, uh, with the original sort of continuity of Metroid games of Metroid to Metroid Fusion, right? Yeah, it's it's a very linear sequence of events. And then the Prime games came around, and they're like, well, there's lots of space in between Metroid and Metroid 2. Let's start there and keep going there. Well, <laughs> um, they have now started uh, assigning years, specific years to these games, especially with the release of Samus Returns. They now said exactly what galactic year this takes place in. And in Federation Force, they also say exactly what galactic year this takes place in. Um, they're like a year apart which means if they try to put Metroid Prime 4 in between them and keep trying to squeeze stuff in between Metroid 1 and 2, they're going to start running into some timeline issues real fast without some major retcons. Um, so right now, it's a nice little line. I hope it continues to be that. <laughs> and that they don't just actually split the Prime timeline off. I really hope they don't do that. I don't think they will. I, I don't know, think they want to, seems but... Like I don't think they the want producers to don't either. like to talk um, to each other about what each other's doing, so who knows? Yeah, you're right there. Um, I, I I really hope it stays intact. That's one thing I like about Metroid is knowing what happened when, and the the weight and the value of knowing what happened previously or is going to happen also adds to when you play a game. Um, but also at the same time, Zelda has so many more games. It has time travel. It has way more. You know, it has a lot of more like stuff that kind of. Uh, facilitates a crazy time web of a timeline, whereas Metroid, you know, it's it's sci-fi, but it stays pretty rooted in, you know, grounded in reality for the most part, you know? Like, it's not like, you know, there are some mystical elements to it, but there's no time travel, there's no crazy, like, stuff that's gonna all of a sudden make you, like, question whether or not this is real or where it's happening or all that. Um, and I think for the most part, they're gonna stick with that because they don't want to make it, like, you know, go off the realm too or too far from you know usual sci-fi tropes. Um, so yeah, I I would like I hope they stick with it. 
why it's the only one probably because metroid has the least amount of games <laughs> it's a lot easier to keep the timeline consistent that's probably why it's another big reason you know something to add too, elias you were saying that like they're kind of scrunching the the series of events uh-huh. here pretty close together you know realistically speaking um samus's mission on zebus both in in zero mission and super metroid that could probably be be done in a night like a, a almost night every metroid universe. game can is like could arguably have taken yeah. place in a day or two like within within the a day there's, there's, there's like arguments three where there's like she's in a coma yeah. you know so i mean you you do kind of run into those problems but like dak was saying it is rooted in reality so like you do like you know samus is you know aging here so we want to make sure that we're kind of doing this while she's in her prime no pun intended um so yeah i mean most of the events can take place like you know overnight mm-hmm. or something like that so that i'm actually not super worried about that but I, you know you're right it is a little bit concerning that the left hand isn't talking yeah to the right. and the, the more the more they they keep like saying it happens in this year and then in this year and then in this year like it's just you're locking yourself in to unnecessarily unnecessary you're like yeah samus got a lot done in a short amount of time <laughs> like jesus she, one year she did a lot it was a good Let's year. Let's move on. This is our last question. Good year. This is a giant troll job from one Masi Segopian. He came into enemy territory and he asked the Omega Metroid Discord <laughs> and the Metroid Database Discord, why is Metroid the most overrated game for the Nintendo Entertainment System? What a what a troll job this is. It's a bad one, um, Masi's. <laughs> uh, as I'm sure you're well aware... Uh, Metroid was the product of two lesser games playstyles coming together, Super Mario and The Legend of Zelda being combined into a glorious hybrid called Metroid, and therefore it is the most considerably highest rated, not over, not under, for not only the NES, but for Nintendo consoles moving forward. Now, Mossy's, uh, just to give some context here, Mossy's is uh, my boss over at Zelda Dungeon. And th- this guy has, uh, I think he has every single NES game. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a collector. Jesus. And he, he tried to tell me that Metroid was not in his top 50 oh games for the NES. Top 50. So, Mossy's, if you're listening, go back to the Zelda Dungeon server. Here's the other thing, too. Like... I know he's 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 the NES guy, right? But at this point, Metroid is so much better and so much more than the original NES Metroid. So much so that they decided to remake it like a long time ago. <laughs> so like, while I still stand by my statement that it's a really good NES game, there's also you, you like. I feel like now if I was just judging Metroid just based on that one game alone, yeah, I probably wouldn't rate it as high. But uh, yeah, obviously. But you know, you got it. Uh, I actually agree with him. I, I don't really like Metroid NES or uh, NES. It didn't. As, I mean, it's rough to it play. Really well. It's rough to play, yeah. but compare it to some other NES games, yeah. and and uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, that was my next point. I don't really like playing a whole lot of NES games. Like, I I think I like playing Mega Man. Um, I don't mind playing Zelda, not the second one, the first one. Um, I like whoa, the second whoa, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No Switch. Zelda Two slander on my time. Zelda Two is a bad video game, dude. It, <laughs> Zelda 2 without the, the rewind feature is unplayable. With the rewind feature, it's not so bad. I'll, I'll admit but, I've never uh, played it in my entire life. I've, I've played it's, like it's three something. hours of it it's, it's and just wanted to stop and couldn't. Pretty sure I saw like three minutes of gameplay. I'm like, oof. 
Can't imagine why I didn't make another one of these. Jesus. <laughs> you played that at the marathon last year, right, Elias? Uh, Zelda 2? I played uh, yeah. like three or so hours of it either last year or the year before at the Zelda Universe Marathon, not at yours. Um, and I oh, yeah. hated myself you did, you the entire time. Past, right? <laughs> I think I spent an hour just trying to get past <laughs> one enemy to get a hammer. Is it better or worse than the CDI games? I can't answer that because I hate that's all a, of them. That's a different conversation. <laughs> come on, you come on, Zelda. I've also, I've also never played the CDI one. games and never want to. What? Ugh. Neither have I. Elias, I, I have a hard time believing that you and I didn't sit down at, at the marathon last year and play the CDI games. What were you doing? Practicing for a I link know, to I the past them. and a link between worlds so that I could show uh, Zelda Universe superiority. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> well, that's on that note, we're, we're going to get out of here. Um, Elias, thank you for uh, not even filling in, but just kind of yeah. crashing our podcast. Uh, I don't I don't know if you made it worse <laughs> or better, but you definitely showed up, so... Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for thanks for having me. It's always always fun and always down to talk Metroid. And Jungle Breath, uh, dude. Oh my hey. god. I love that. Okay, Jungle Breath. Coming to uh, the Switch Breath, 2, dude. 2030. Oh, can't wait. Elias, you got anything you want to plug before uh, we get out of here? Sure, yeah. Uh every uh every Wednesday evening, uh you can find me at the Twitch channel Winecraft TV. I do a show there called Winecraft Wednesday. My co-host drink and rate wines while playing uh, Minecraft. So that's a fun little thing that we do currently in the middle of season four. Um, not at all related to Metroid, even though the, my co-host and I met uh, on the Metroid HQ forum way back in the day. Um, you can also uh, check out the, the Metroid HQ uh, Discord if you just want another place to talk Metroid. And... Um, some some friends of mine have recently started to upload our uh, home D and D game sessions on their podcast at the mm. Gaming and Gabbing podcast. If you search for that and everywhere podcasts are, um, that's uh, starting to come out. Where I'm the, the dungeon master there. So if you're into that sort of thing, check that out. Heck yeah, um, Dak! I am. I'm happy that you're feeling better, man. I'm, Dude, I'm I, I needed this. To, I, to rally. This gave me some good energy. It was really nice talking to you guys, and and it really, you know, I've been laying around, being a sad sack for the past week, and it's nice to have some energy and sit up and talk for an hour. So I, trust me, I really wanted to do this episode. I'm really glad we did because I had a ton of fun. We had a lot of great discussion, and uh, yeah, thanks for for bearing with me this past week as I've, you know, been been out of it. Uh, and, and we're not done. There's a lot of questions that we actually didn't answer that we're going to dive in depth to on future episodes. But for today, that is going to do it. We're going to get out of here. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we want you, of course, to check us out over on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you know the drill. Wherever you get your podcasts, go and like and subscribe to the Omega Metroid podcast. And uh, tell a Metroid fan in your life where they can get their weekly Metroid fix. And uh, follow us on Twitter, um, at Omega Metroid Pod. You can check me out at Spateri316. Dak is over at the Rapture underscore. And Elias is over at Elias Thompson. Uh, we are out of here, gents, but we will be back next week. Until then. <laughs>